Hi, welcome to the ZP vlog and podcast. So we do this every Sunday at 8am London time. I'm seven minutes late today, so um, a quick apologies for that. Just overcoming a technical glitch that I then made. But let me sort of jump into it. So we like to do this kind of vlog and podcast every um, week, really just to sort of summarise things that we've been up to. It's been a very busy week, pretty intense. So one of the things that we like to do... Um, every Thursday at 8am London time is actually just to do a sort of um, a webinar really around sort of technologies and questions that kind of come in. So this week we did a, um, a webinar around um, seven questions. The questions were around ISEs, ion selective electrodes. Um, and we did cover that. We talked about potentiometric sensing. We talked about um, potentially voltammetry. And we also talked about... Um, whether you could read an ion selective electrode by voltammetry. And I kind of said, actually, yes, I think you can. Um, so that was kind of an interesting question and um, it made, essentially, made me sort of think a little bit. Um, so I'm just um, texting a colleague who was wondering if we were gonna do this, but um, we are. So um, the other question that came in was rectangular ele electrodes versus circular electrodes. Um, I don't wanna say we say this a lot, but, um, you know, we do try to sort of explain why our electrodes are often rectangular as opposed to circular. And this is really because we kind of have a vision that these electrodes um, will end up being in real products as opposed to just being kind of R&D pieces, you know, just lost in scientific papers. So we did talk about that. We did talk about our troponin eye sensor. Our troponin eye sensor, unfortunately, is a very sort of valuable piece of technology and it's something that we can only really play into well-funded programs. I mean, we do do workshops, and at these workshops, um, we do explain. I just want to say good morning to um, Saran, um, who's just come online. Nice to see you, Saran. So we do do these workshops, and we do there explain the cost of kind of getting some of these biosensor technologies to the market. Um, the other thing there's also that we're very interested in at the moment is we've got a lot of programs, not a lot. We've got some effort into biosensors for bioreactors. So I just want to kind of, um, we had some questions that came into it. Something else I'll discuss in a bit is measuring pH in wound. Um, wound care is really becoming, I think, one of the kind of commercial top priorities at the moment. And we do have some really good technologies for it. Also, people are interested in just how to connect to our pH sensors. So we did cover that as well. And then lastly, um, we did get a question around customizing electrodes. And customizing electrodes is kind of interesting because it can... You can do it low cost, but the problem is when you do customization of electrodes and people then offer low cost, what they're really saying is you're going to get low quality. And then also on that particular one, I kind of said, well, the, the electrode that you're asking for um, is actually a little big and therefore um, a manufacturing density is low. As Saran is on this morning, I do want to highlight that we are going to talk about um, 3D printing of microfluidics. So I just want to kind of highlight that that will be coming up um, shortly. As I say, at ZP, we're very um, interested in um, technologies for um, wound care. If a wound is at kind of pH 8 and 9, then it's considered to not be in a good state and maybe have an infection, maybe there's be some bacteria. Whereas if it's at more pH 5, the, the pH of healthy skin is about pH 5. So if you want to know whether a wound is in good or, I don't want to say bad shape, but um, is, is in let's say, worse condition, um, measuring its pH is a um, it's potentially a good way of um, understanding whether it's got a bacterial problem, 
i.e. an infection or in fact um, it's perfectly fine and um, you can essentially leave it alone. The problem that people are trying to solve is that today um, wounds are just kind of the, the bandages on wounds are just changed all the time. And I think really with net zero, this is actually not going to be, you know, um, it's not going to be allowed to be carried on that way to just replace bandaging, whether it's needed or not. Um, so we did do some um, news about that. It's probably worth saying as well that um, it's been a very busy week. Um, we've been in Norway this week at our site there uh, presenting on um, CGM and wearable biosensors and also talking a lot about um, wound healing as well. And we're going to have another workshop on the 8th and 9th of um, February 2023. And that will also be happening in um, Horten um, in Norway. Um, also, we're um, in January 2023. We're also doing a workshop in Swansea. We do have um, a um, an office um, in Swansea. And that allows us, therefore, to give one of our kind of workshops um, from that Swansea office as well. Um, I want to be, um, something else that happens quite, I don't want to say a lot is, um, people are very interested in, um, round electrodes as opposed to rectangular electrodes. Round electrodes are kind of nice. If you want to do hand dispensing, you can kind of come up, you get this round target, you can put a drop on it, the drop spreads out and yeah, academics, um, you know, like it, but at ZP, most of our sensors end up in a, um, really in an industrial application. And so we do try to sort of, you know, educate and guide people towards actually the benefits of rectangular electrodes. So, I mean, we do get asked this question a lot. We did put a video up this week and sort of dis discuss, you know, put a drop on that rectangular electrode that might be 0.5 to 0.9 microliters, and then you can just spread it with the pipette tip. Just for everyone's interest as well, um, this this <coughs> this technique does get taught in our workshops as well so you get some hands-on um, training from the real experts at one of our um, zp workshops so i'm going to be a little bit um quicker today i realize um i was five minutes slow in starting but my colleague um noted it and i was um, fixing the problem so i just want to finish off with something that we're um that we did this week with the, we've got a very strong team of um, engineers. You ask them to do something and you essentially can get it really quite quickly. So one of the things that we did this week was the 3D printing of a microfluidic um, device. Now, if you're watching the vlog, this particular microfluidic device allows you to insert uh, or inject uh, maybe a sample and maybe a reagent. And these, these materials can come together in a, um, in a junction, a particular junction they've used is a Y junction. Then the liquid can follow what's called a, um, a serpentine path. You want a certain path length because, um, as understood by the designer, you sometimes in microfluidics you you have a very <coughs> laminar flow. What I mean by that is, in a sort of larger chamber, you can have a chaotic flow where everything is sort of turbulent. But in microfluidics, things are often laminar. And so you can, even though you bring two solutions together and they might be aqueous, they won't actually mix. They only mix by diffusion. And so you need a certain sort of path length in order to allow everything to mix. And so what the engineer's done is they have two inputs. Um, these two inputs meet at a Y junction. They have an, a serpentine path. 
and a certain type path then allows them to get a certain amount of mixing and then it runs over one of our bias sensors and they've left um or the screen printed electrode and they've left the sensor exposed when i say exposed rather the electrical connections are exposed so we can make a sort of electrical contact with it it's really quite a nice um representation because it means that we can get electrodes into microfluidic um, channels um, quite readily so that is definitely one of the directions we want to go in so any sample any examples of 3d printed microfluidics from our team is extremely um, welcome can i say so i'm just going to do a quick summary up um, for this week and say um, it's been a little bit um, super busy this week we've been doing these workshops um, of course you know we also prepare quite diligently for our um, ZP developer zone so we you know we answered the, the seven questions that kind of came in this week a big movement at the moment in technology is towards um, wearable um, smart bandages you know and one of the targets there is pH um, we do always support these kind of wearable applications through our workshops that um, take place um, quite regularly and I've highlighted that we've got at least actually three workshops already booked for 2023 one in swansea which is in south wales january 2023 one in horton um february 2023 at the beginning and we also have an online workshop on the 10th of january 2023 and we're doing it in three time zones we're trying to have a good overlap with asia a good overlap with um europe and a good overlap with the um, usa so I'll say thank you very much, especially to Surround this week for joining us online. Um, if you have any questions of Zimra Peacock, as always, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. Otherwise, have a good week. And don't forget, on Thursday at 8 a.m. London time, we will do our webinar specifically for our ZB Developer Zone members talking about their technical questions and the advice that we can give them. Okay, so I want to say thank you very much and um, take care.